Relay FM. This is Connected, episode 423. Today's show is brought to you by our excellent sponsors, Capital One and Indeed. I'm one of your co-hosts, Federico Viticci, and it's my absolute pleasure, as always every week, to be joined by my friend, Mr. Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Federico. How are you? I am doing fantastic. How are you? I am good as well. I got a notification that your calendar had been delivered. Can you verify that? I can verify that my doorman yes. got... Oh, I I gotta tell you something. For reasons that will make sense to people who listen to the Pro Show for Connected Pro members, Apple Mail just opened. Okay, good. <laughs> well done, Apple Mail. <laughs> you may wonder, wait, well, why, why is Federico telling people that Apple Mail just opened? Well, you know, sign up and find out. Uh, mm-hmm. Where can people sign up, Mike? We're doing oh. this right away at the beginning. Before I've even been introduced, getconnectedpro.co. Yes, and then you will get introduced. And uh, Thank you. I am joined by Mr. Mike Hurley. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Federico, you, you started a sentence <laughs> about your doorman, but then you didn't finish the sentence. What happened? Yeah, you never finished. Yes, what happened yes, to the doorman? Yes. Yes, so uh, the doorman got the, got the uh, very nice package that you prepared with my address on it. And uh, <laughs> when I went down to walk the dogs this morning, told me there's a package for you. And I was like, thank you, Mario. Uh, when I come back with the dogs, I'll get the package. I came back with the dogs, got the package, went upstairs, and uh, there was the calendar and the stickers that you sent me. So uh, it looks lovely. It's going to go up in my office at soonish as soon as we're done with furniture here um and the stickers have already been placed on the smart cover that i'm well smart folio that i'm using with the ipad pro so uh, finally a drama free delivery i believe we called it on iMessage today Mm. and uh, you know it's one of the one of the many perks of having uh, mario downstairs taking care of all kinds of packages and envelopes for me yeah what other perks are there for Mario? Well, there's plenty. Uh, like all sorts of like uh, gossip, right? Um, oh. You know, getting to know. Th- yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a big thing now to like gossip about other people here. Like we are realizing there's a lot of, a lot of like inside drama, you know, uh, with, with some of these people. Like for example, today we just find out. <laughs> I'm going to tell you guys something. Please. So we just found out there's a, what's the name of that popular service for like commenting on your neighborhood next door next door next door next door so uh, we found out that we have like our like our private version of next door for the building uh well it's two buildings one in front of the other and we have like our private like mini social network thing where people can post messages and complain about stuff and we got access today and immediately, we we saw a lady complaining about some people <laughs> throwing <laughs> throwing parrot poop <laughs> onto our balcony. What? <laughs> Apparently, there's someone <laughs> who is just uh, throwing out of the, out the window. I suppose. The, the the things that parrots, uh, you know, the, the birds, like like the parrots, like the, the colored... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I know what a parrot is. <laughs> They're throwing the, the parrot poop and seeds out of the window 
onto this lady's balcony. And so this lady, as soon as she got access to this portal today, like it literally opened two hours ago, and she's already, like there's already this parrot drama happening, which is super exciting for me because like one... If I was that person, that is the first thing I would complain about upon getting (laughs) access to this app, right? Is like this person keeps throwing parrot poop on my balcony which is just a weird like what what is this person doing like why are they throwing it out the window what is wrong with them exactly like and the seeds like obviously i want to immediately find out who has apparently the, the the way the message was phrased multiple parrots so like I how wanna... does she know this though exactly like and the way the way she posted this it was like super passive aggressive like i'm not gonna mm. name names but whoever has parrots and i mean how many people are gonna have i parrots? mean you don't need to <laughs> name names you... dude you've given away a pretty big <laughs> clue at that point you know <laughs> it's the guy in the building dressed like a pirate it's that guy <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean pirate jim <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so like for example so mario as i was saying is useful for this kind of gossip and just you know general bureaucracy bureaucracy stuff like you know um because it's still like these buildings are not fully finished yet some apartments are already like they're still being worked on we were one of of the first families to enter the building this summer mm-hmm now, of course, after September, uh, after the, the summer vacations, basically plenty of people have joined. Um, but like it was useful, like, hey, like Mario, uh, can you find one of the plumber guys and, and uh, you know, send one of them upstairs because I have like a leak or something? Or can you get me like a Oh, he knows for... where the plumbers are. He knows the plumbers. <laughs> <laughs> There's one. Yeah. There's one thing he knows. Let me call my brother. He's a plumber. <laughs> he dresses in green. I'm just saying, more than a doorman is like some kind of manager, which is incredibly useful. Mm-hmm. So he's a powerful yeah. individual. Let's do some follow up. How does that sound? Well, did we introduce everybody? Everybody got introduced. I think so. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I got we're all uh, been introduced. Yes. Right. Okay, that's good. We've been introed. Okay. Yes. Well, speaking of packages that Mario helps you get your hands on, uh, I believe you got a slightly bigger box than my calendar recently. You want to tell us about that? Well, in fact, this morning as I walked downstairs, the full conversation was, "I have a you know this smaller package for you." But then when you come back, I think you should go upstairs first, leave the dogs, then come back because this other package is this other box is like pretty big, and you want to make sure that you can carry it without also you know having your dogs on a wow. leash. Wow. Oh. Mario, so so considerate. Yeah, he's looking out for he's you. He's very considerate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is. He's he is. Looking out, Mario. Uh, and I got this big box, and I can tell you that right now I am looking at a beautiful Apple Studio display on my desk. Now, it literally, literally is on, your on desk. my desk <laughs> because... So we did a lot of thinking, we did a lot of research with Sylvia, and like we trying to imagine, okay, what kind of desk do you want? What do you want this office to look like? Um, we went with the VESA mount option. Hmm. I am going to mount this to a wall, to, to the wall in front of me right now. Uh, but we're still torn between two options on Amazon. Uh, we're going to buy one tonight. Uh, but in the meantime, I mean, the display arrived. So I figured, you know, I'm just going to very carefully place it on my desk and, you know, um, and, and obviously it's like touching the wall right now 
at a slight angle so it doesn't tip over. Otherwise, we're going to mount it to a wall. We're going to get one of those like extendable arms that lets you do like, uh, you know, tilt it and move it around. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe it also supports rotation. So uh, if the arm is, lo is long enough, like I could realistically like extend it to the side of the desk and then flip it to portrait mode, which is something that the studio display can do. It actually detects rotation, um, which it's not something that, that I think I'm going to do all the time, but it's cool to have the option, I suppose. So you can watch your YouTube shorts and stuff, you know? <laughs> exactly, like full screen portrait mode YouTube shorts, you know, to, uh, like uh, scroll uh, 70 tweets all at once, like that kind of stuff. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why not? You know, just uh, just gonna be like a Bloomberg terminal, but just for my tweets. And yeah, I mean, it's a uh, it looks it looks fantastic. It's it's got that nice clean design that I was uh, that I was hoping it would have. I mean, I did go to the Apple Store to check it out beforehand to make sure. Hey, am I <laughs> am I convinced that this is the thing I'm buying? And I checked it out at the Apple Store. It looked amazing. I was like, yep, I want this. It's glorious because I'm literally just running a single cable. And I a single Thunderbolt cable, and I can place my iPad Pro, or in this case, the MacBook Pro. I can just uh, swap the computer, and I can use it regardless because of Stage Manager, which is not great, but it kind of works. And of course, on macOS, it's much better. The only, I mean, besides the missing uh, wall mount, which should be here later this week, I hope. So I will, uh, again, very carefully drill uh two hole two holes into the wall or four depending on how many are required and uh i'll get that done just one but uh the just only one. thing it's fine that's where the rotation comes in the whole thing just falls off the wall <laughs> the one thing i'm struggling with right now which is why i tweeted it this afternoon um Switching with the, with, I have a Bluetooth Magic Keyboard, like I have an external Magic Keyboard and a Magic Trackpad. The new ones with the, you know, the, the trackpad that is slightly more rounded than before and the Magic Keyboard that has Touch ID. It sucks that if I want to use them wirelessly, it's not that easy at all to switch them between a MacBook and an iPad. No. Um, they don't support multi multi device pairing, so each time you gotta the, you gotta disconnect one des one device, put the accessory in pairing mode, and pair it again with the second device, which is not something I'm gonna do. Or I could do what my my friend Chris Lolly is doing, like get, get uh, dedicated pairs of keyboard and trackpad, one for the MacBook, one for the iPad, which is like, I mean, I have a spare. Magic keyboard and a spare magic trackpad, the older ones, but I don't really want to do that either. So for now, I'm using them in wired mode. <laughs> they are wired into the yeah. studio display, which is also serving as a hub, I guess. Yeah. Uh, and then, depending on the computer yeah. I plug in, uh, they they pair with that computer, which works. It's not ideal. I would have preferred a wire-free look on the desk but uh, I'm open to suggestions yeah. and no I don't want to use other pointing devices because they're not as accurate or fast or reliable as the magic trackpad mm. but I don't think I have other options all I was going to suggest is if you like to make if because wired I think is your only real option here if you wired them into a dock it might be tidier and you could still go one cable from the, the display to the dock 
Because especially if you're on the VESA arm, you don't want to be moving the arm around if it's got tons of cables attached to it. Like, you could be dragging the keyboard along the desk when you go into portrait mode. So I would recommend using a dock of some kind, a Thunderbolt dock, and then just having one cable to the dock and then the wires going into the dock for the keyboard and mouse. What is a good Thunderbolt dock for the studio display? I like the OWC one. That one's good. Like, give me the best option. Like, give me what is the absolute best option? Okay, yeah, I'm get? looking for the link because we talked about it on another show. Is it the Cal Digit thing? Yes, the little one though, not like the TS4, but the little yeah, one. Yeah, they have one. I like that it's little. Okay, Thunderbolt 4 Element Hub. That's what you want. I'll send you a link right now. All I'm going to say is I had a lot of problems with the TS3 and I have had no problems with the uh uh the OWC dock. Oh, I like I like this. This looks nice. Yeah. Delivery on Friday. So, what am I, Okay, so uh CalDigi Thunderbolt 4 Element Hub. So l- explain this to me. I'm going to I'm going to run a Thunderbolt cable from the computer that I'm using. Mm-hmm. To the hub, yes, and then from the hub to the studio display, another Thunderbolt cable. Yep, that's it. That's it. That's it. Mm. And then you can plug the keyboard and trackpad or anything else into the dock. It has USB A ports in front. Yeah, but I mean, it's no. Yeah, you got a million USB A to Lightning cables for your stuff. Mm, but they're not braided like the nice ones I have. Mm, yeah, that's true. There's a lot. I mean, you really can't get wrong with any of these. I don't think, but. I've heard good things about the Element Hub. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I'll do some research, I guess. But yeah. Well, I mean, you have four Thunderbolt 4 ports, right? So you could plug the keyboard and mouse into the Thunderbolt port, which is overkill. No, I have three. But at least it's USB-C. No, there's three on that thing. There's three ports. I'm looking at their page, and it says four times Thunderbolt 4. So I don't know why it says that then. Yeah, the Amazon picture shows... uh, Three. Oh yeah, because you got one that goes out to the computer on the side. Oh, is there one on the side? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Who's mm. the Mac Power user now? Mm. So there's one because there's always on these hubs you always have like a one dedicated port which is labeled as computer. I don't know why, but like there's always like you must plug the computer into this one. And so then you could put the display on one of them and then the the keyboard and the mouse on on uh, the other two, which mm. is overkill to be plugging a <laughs> magic keyboard into a Thunderbolt four port, but it will it will do the job. Oh wow! They also have a five hundred euro dock called the Caldigit TS four. Yeah, that has. Oh, is a- this the one that Casey likes? It's it's this one, right? I think so, and it's got like SD and Ethernet, and it has a a bunch of other stuff that you probably don't need. I mean, I do. Uh, Ethernet would be cool. But it does have a couple of USB-C ports on the front, so. Yeah. It's ugly, though, compared to the other one. Well, it's very industrial. <laughs> we'll call it that. Uh, what's the difference between... It would fit with some of your audio gear, though, I think, visually, with all the ridges. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Lots of ridges. Heat fins, baby. <laughs> <laughs> look at this, look at this. Ethernet... How many Thunderbolt? Oh, USB-C data? Mm-hmm. Okay. Audio in and out. I mean, it has all sorts What's of stuff. What's the difference between a, 
between a Cal Digit TS4 and a Cal Digit TS3. Do I care about that difference? Yeah, I think it's Thunderbolt 3 versus Thunderbolt 4, which I, I think in practice doesn't matter for what you're doing. I'm not going to do like, uh, you know, I'm not going to transfer video projects between computers. Right. At 40 gigabits a second, right? Like it's No, because I mean, it's like, it's like a... Right, but if if you ever want to, you know what I mean? Now, you know, you're putting yourself into a situation where you can't, so... And, I mean, the TS4 has an extra Thunderbolt port. You guys are bad for me. Why am I still doing this show? Why well, you can spend wow. money on apps, on docs? Uh-huh. Anyway, I got a studio display. It's very cool. I love it. It's nice. I will update you on something else that I am researching. I got the proper adapters and everything, but I still need to test Mm it. I think I should be able to use an Apple TV with the studio display as well. Uh, Found this company that makes an HDMI to Thunderbolt uh, video Mm. adapter. And because the idea was like, and also why we're getting the VESA arm, this is gonna double uh, as a as a guest bedroom uh, if we ever happen to have you know uh, like my mom or something like someone that needs to sleep here. And the idea was, well, what if the studio display? I mean, it's big enough and it looks very nice. Um, what if it could double as a, like an entertainment like uh, monitor? Yeah. Uh, for things like, what if you want to watch something on Netflix or you know YouTube, whatever. Um, so I should be able to use that. In I mean, in that case, I'm not gonna work in the office if we have a guest, but that's fine. Um, and it can and and if we can connect an Apple TV to it, uh, you know, they also have like they can watch a movie or something before bed. So that requires an adapter, though. And I still I have it, it arrived, but I still have not tested it. I'll be interested to hear if that works, just because I didn't even think that that was a possibility. What do you think about the speakers in the studio display? From what I heard today, 30 seconds, they sounded really nice with more bass than I was expecting. But I have not listened to a song yet. I I was just watching a video on Twitter. And I was like, oh, this is louder than I thought. Um, But yeah, I, I have not really tested them. I like them. I like the studio display speakers quite a lot. For video and stuff. It's the webcam that is bad, right? Yes, for me, yeah. I mean, it's bad in general, but it's especially bad for me. The flickering with the 50 hertz? Yeah, Yeah, the flickering. Let's see, does it flicker for me? Like, uh, I just opened FaceTime. It's not flickering. You probably don't have that issue. I only have that issue specifically because I have fluorescent overhead lighting in the studio, right? That, That doesn't happen to me at home. It's the fluorescent lighting that it doesn't like specifically for me. All right. Well, I'll uh, we'll continue talking about this over the next few weeks as I figure out my new life with a new desk and a display and multiple computers and, I guess, a Thunderbolt dock. So, because you guys made me do this. So... It's going to be sweet, man. I can't I can't wait till you get it all going. This episode of Connected is made possible by Capital One. Have you ever hit a technical snafu while shopping online? Has filling out payment fields given you a headache? Has your mobile banking app been down when you really needed to use it? Well, Capital One believes that everyone deserves better banking. 
This means easier access to their money and more security. That's why Capital One is investing in machine learning. Machine learning allows Capital One to do things like fight fraud with random forests with models that quickly detect suspicious activity and make it faster to alert federal investigators. And they identify how mobile app outages happen with causal models. Keeping their mobile app and running doesn't happen by accident. Anomaly detection and incident response help determine why app outages happen so engineers can quickly remedy them. Capital One is also speeding up online shopping with machine learning at the edge. They make shopping with virtual card numbers smoother and more secure. This technology is based on logistic regression models and running inference in the browser. It identifies payment fields, which helps make using virtual card numbers easier and faster. The potential of machine learning is so big. See how Capital One is using machine learning to create the future of banking. Search machine learning at Capital One or check out the link in the show notes. Capital One, what's in your wallet? I have a question for the two of you. Mm -hmm. I put a link in to the show notes, which is a tweet from uh, listener Edward, who used a web service that I don't really understand called Tweet Hunter to generate some AI tweets from the three of us. Did either of you spend much time looking at that? I saw that. You can it's answer honestly. Pretty wild. Did you? I just want to know, like, did you spend any time reading them today? Not today. Not, wasn't it the other day? Federico? I, I haven't read them at all. That's really good. So it's time oh for a quiz. God. Oh no. Oh my god. So oh we're going god, to no. <laughs> I'm oh really no. pleased that the two of you didn't do your homework because now look what's happened to you. So listener Edward. So this is the quizies. Welcome back to the quizies. This is the long running quiz show here on Connected, where I surprise my co-hosts with random quiz rounds. Today we're going to be playing a game of trying to guess who would potentially tweet something based on an AI. <laughs> so, an AI. so I assume what's happened here is that this website looks at our tweets and then tries to create new tweets from that information. Uh, I would say that these are interesting to dubious in their uh, effectiveness. I am going to read a tweet and I want each of you to take a guess as to which one of the three of us this AI believes that this tweet would work for. Does that make sense? Okay, yeah. The first tweet. Uh, I've lost the link. Oh, here it is. The first tweet. What a question. I hope iOS 14.2 fixes it. Shrug emoji. <laughs> Steven, which one of the three of us said that? There are 200 points available for each correct answer. The emoji makes me think that it's you. So I'm going to say okay. one Mike Hurley. Federico, who do you think it was? Can you read it again, please? Yep. What a question. I hope iOS 14.2 fixes it. Shrug emoji. I think I said it. You would be correct. It's 200 points for Federico. That was indeed nice. an expected Federico tweet. <laughs> tweet number two. I produce a lot of podcasts, but I'm really bad at remembering to tweet about them. So I'm trying out a new service called TweetDeck. It's basically a Twitter client for your desktop. Stephen, who said, who is believed to have said this? Federico. Okay. Federico, who do you think said this? Uh, I produce a lot of podcasts. I produce a lot of podcasts, but I'm really bad at remembering to tweet about them. So I'm trying out a new service called TweetDeck. It's basically a Twitter client for your desktop. I think Mike said it. 
Federico. He's his other one. That's correct again. Another 200 points to Federico. Oh, nice. I should have given... Oh, I didn't give a score update before we began. Oh, uh, yeah. It was 500 and... Five, sorry, 5,673 points to Steven. 4,401 points to Federico, which is obviously now 4,601 points to Federico as he just scored 400 points. Uh, in total there so far this could be this could be where you pick up some uh pick up your lead again federico we'll find out i feel like we've had point inflation as we've gone on yes yeah yeah i messed it up uh (laughs) (laughs) i I gave i gave some large points for some things and i think the two of you scored way better in that round than i expected and it destroyed the scoring (laughs) so like at some point there's gonna be like a thanos like situation and we're gonna start again but like now 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 i have to just give high points for everything so 200 points is what's available the next tweet is today is monday it's Monday, 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 Monday. <laughs> who would say it? Who, who would say this? Stephen, who would say that? that sounds like me. Okay. Federico? I'm going to go with Stephen. You're both wrong. That was another Mike tweet. Today is Monday. Huh. It's Monday, 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 Monday. Monday, 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 Monday. All right, the next one. Okay. Wow. Yeah, comma, I was at Apple's keynote today. <laughs> who said uh, that that's it that's the sentence yeah yeah yeah. i was at apple's keynote today hmm gonna go with me again okay federico i think i said it that was a steven tweet as we know steven likes nice. to rub it okay. in that he's that he mm, went okay. even yeah, even the ai you're right. knows you're right even the ai knows next one is one I want a 10.5-inch iPad. Two, I want a 10.5-inch iPad with Touch ID. Three, I want a 10.5-inch iPad with a headphone jack. Four, I I want a 10.5-inch iPad with a USB-C port. Five, I want a (laughs) 10.5-inch. It just stops. How long is this list? It just stops. It stops at five, and five ends says, I want a 10.5 inch. That's it. It just stops. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen, who said that? Well, who is expected to have said that? Wow. Go with Federico. Okay, Federico. Yeah, I think uh, I think the I said it, yeah. That's 200 points each for the two of you. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, making a list about the iPad and, you know, mm-hmm. that's something I would do. Mac Stories is well known for its listicles. Yes. Exactly. All right. This tweet reads 3.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1. This goes on about for 15 more times. I, I wondered if I could get through it and I can't get through it. So that's the tweet. That's the entire tweet. 3.1. And then there's like 20 of them. Wow. Steven, who's, whose tweet is that? That's me. Okay. I think that's Mike. That was a Steven tweet. You're now at 600 ah. points apiece. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to emphasize capitals by shouting. <laughs> Here's the tweet. The June 2018 new music playlist is here. That's, uh, that's, that's Federico. Okay. Yeah, I think that's me. No, that was a mic tweet. Mm. Apparently. Really? Apparently, huh. yeah. 
2018 is the year of the podcast. It's true. Mm. I'm going to go with Mike. Okay. I'm going to go with Steven. That was a Mike tweet. <sighs> that was another. There's, I'm not going to read it, but there are four tweets in my uh, selection here that all have 2018 in them. <laughs> what oh. were you doing four years ago? Don't know. Tweeting a lot, I suppose. Yeah, weren't we all? All right, ready for the next one. This tweet says, Okay, now the HomePod. I'm betting Apple will release a Plus model at some point, a smaller, cheaper model with two tweeters and three midwoofers for around $300, around $200 for the 3.5 model. (laughs) A larger, non-speaker-included model that has the same speakers as the... That's a fantastic tweet. It's not a good one. I'm going to read it again because it's just fun. Okay, now the HomePod. I'm betting Apple will release a Plus model at some point, a smaller, cheaper model with two tweeters and three midwoofers for around $300, around $200 for the 3.5 model, a larger, non-speaker-included model that has the same speakers as the... I love how it ends. Stephen, who said that? As the... As the... As the... As the... As the... I'm going to go with Mike. Okay. Federico? I, I guess the, 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 the question is, the AI must have seen the data. So who amongst the three of us used before in tweets the words tweeters and midwoofers, right? I don't think I mm, ever have. That's true. Oh, yeah. I don't think I ever have used those words... Those strike me as Steven words. So I'm going to go with Steven. You're both wrong. That is a Federico tweet. You're, too, you're always talking about midwoofers. Oh, my God. That's, what, that's when? You, Hold on. <laughs> I don't know. How is it <laughs> I don't know. from BTG? Midwoofers. I think, what is a midwoofer? Is that even a thing? How is it? How is, is it mid-woofer? Or just yeah, one word? Yeah, mid-woofer. Dash? No, it's, it's, it's a hyphenated mid-woofers. Yeah. I never tweeted this word. Mm. Oh. So the AI made it That's up. That's mixing and matching things in. Uh-huh. I've yeah, got another one for you. Oh, and that $10,000 12.9-inch iPad Pro? <laughs> <laughs> it's $1,099. Ooh, that's a good deal. That's a discount. <laughs> Can you read it again, please? Oh, and that $10,000 12.9-inch iPad Pro, it's $1,099. <laughs> Who tweeted that, Stephen? It's like 90% off. I think that's me. Okay. Federico? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Stephen. That's true. You all know Stephen loves a deal. <laughs> all right, yeah. we're going to do two more. All right. When I got my first job, it wasn't a dream. It was an internship. <laughs> Why? It wasn't a dream. It was it an wasn't internship. a dream. It was an internship. It was an internship. <laughs> That's not a dream. <laughs> when I got my first job. Man. Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Mike. Okay. Hmm. Federico? Uh, I'm going to go with me, Federico. It was Mike. 
So now Steven is leading 1,200 to 800. Uh, I cannot win in this game. This is You cannot win, but you can get closer. This is the final, the final one. So I just got my flu shot, and I want everyone to know that the doctor told me it would wear off after two weeks, but it's still stuck in my head. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> stuck in my head. So I just got my flu shot, and I want everyone to know that the doctor told me it would wear off after two weeks, but it's still stuck in my head. So this is vaccine misinformation. Well, uh, maybe, yeah. (laughs) So who would do that, the three of us? I don't think either of y'all would tweet about flu shots. I'm going to say it's me. Okay. Federico? Yeah, I'm going to go with Steven, too. Yeah. You are both correct. So that comes out at... 1,400 points to Steven. Boom. 1,000 points to Federico. So the current scores are mm-hmm. Federico at 5,201 points, Steven at 7,073 <laughs> points. Thank you both for... It's impossible for me. Well, I mean, who knows? I might do a 1,000-point round at some point, you know? You can never know with me. Uh, thank you both for playing the quizzes. I am ready to concede if necessary. You know, I got my my speech all good to go. Like, you know. Maybe it will end at the end of the year and then we'll start a New Year's points. Right? I haven't decided yet. And, uh, and we should say we're going to put the link to uh, Edward Munn's tweet thread in the show notes so you can see all of these. But only look at it after the quiz. Don't look at it now. Don't look at it before. I've done this in the wrong order. Okay. Uh, I want to talk about an AirTag alternative. How does that sound? Does that sound good? Intriguing. Intriguing. Yeah. So uh, okay. how do you pronounce this company name? Yuffie? I think it's Yuffie. Yeah, I, I hear YouTubers say Yuffie, so. Yeah, that's how, that's how Sparks says it, so I'll go with it. Uh, they make a bunch of stuff. They make some home kits, secure video cameras and other things, and uh, they have the smart track link not a great name item tracker so it works with the find my app and the the whole find my network it's like a round wrecked air tag but it has a hole punch through it so you don't need to like put it in a case right that's part of the deal with the air tags right unless you just put it in your pocket you need something to attach it to something else uh but this is uh another alternative and it's got some cool features it has a built-in speaker it has the same CR2032 battery, so the little kind of watch battery you can put in it uh, after about a year. And it's 20 bucks uh, as opposed to $29 for an AirTag. Uh, this is not the first thing we've seen that's Find My compatible. Remember, there's like that smart bike that I really want, and there's uh, the Chipolo One Spot, and then they also make the key card, like uh, credit card size thing you can put in your wallet. Uh, but it's another option. And if you're, you know, kind of annoyed that AirTags require something else to make them useful on a keychain or something, uh, and you don't care about the U1, like, extreme up-close tracking, then this seems like a pretty good deal. Yeah, I think that the U1 support is, I think, is a $10 differentiator. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, I, I think that that's kind of about right price-wise. Like this is, you know, this is good for a bunch of reasons. You can also use the Eufy app. They'll also work on Android. 
uh, they have a cool thing. They have a QR code on the back that you can scan and it gives the information of the person whose tracker it is. Like that's kind of like a clever little feature. That's cool. Um, and 20 bucks is like, it's, that's good, right? It's a good deal. And as you say, Stephen, it's like, you know, it's going to get, it, it's an easier way to get in for less money because you don't have to buy something to hook it on. And also it's like just easy to like put it on a keychain or whatever. And so like, as a replacement for like a tile tracker or whatever, like that's great because it's got, you know, it's in the Find My Network and it's 20 bucks, but there is still a, a jump to to what the AirTag does. And, you know, as a reminder, the U1 thing is like Bluetooth will only get you so far, probably within 10 feet or whatever. And then it's trying to help you find it with the, the Bluetooth signal, but it's not completely precise. Where the When you have the U1 tracking, at a certain point, that takes over from Bluetooth and can direct you perfectly to where the item is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it depends on the item, right? Like if you're putting it on a suitcase, you probably don't need the U1. But if you are putting it on a bunch of keys, you might want it because keys are small. They could fall somewhere, right? So sure. Your mileage might vary. But. Yeah, I'm just glad that the Find My Network continues to expand. Um, I am a big fan of the Chipolo Wallet Finder. It's very similar to this. It's really loud, which is nice. So if if uh, even though it doesn't have the U1, like it's really noisy if you open Find My and, and tell it to make noise. But yeah, it's just cool that we're seeing additional things come out for this network because it is a very uh, useful feature, a very useful thing to have uh, all your stuff be trackable. Do you use the wallet finder in your wallet? So I, I am, it was in my old wallet. I switched to a Bell Warrior, like super slim one and it doesn't fit. Yeah. So that's maybe I why just, I asked. Maybe I just rubber band it. It's in my desk right now, my desk drawer. Right. But I do, I am sad that it doesn't fit. That was one bummer going to the, the more minimal wallet. Hmm. Hashtag minimalism. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Oh, Federico, do you still use the magnetic wallet? No, no. I told you months ago I stopped. Was it the one because it, you, I, you, you did the case thing for a while? You still doing that? What is the case? Oh no, I, I stopped doing that also like two years ago. Um, okay. It was all because of COVID. Uh, because of um, we, it became kind of mandatory to carry around. We have. It's not like an ID, but it's like these. It's like a like a health card basically that has like the equivalent of I guess a social security number, but it's not really a social security number, and it's got a chip in it. Mm-hmm. You can basically use it to at like hospitals or pharmacies or like other places where you're either buying medicines or booking appointments to identify yourself in the Italian health system. Uh, and that became mandatory to carry around. And so that became the fourth card that I needed to have on me at all times. But all these wallets, both the case thing and the MagSafe one, which I loved, but they're all limited to three cards. And so if I wanted to have my ID, my debit card, my credit card, and the uh, health card, I needed to look at something else. So I got one of those cheap uh, wallets from Amazon that has like a little button that you press and it pushes out the cards. And I really like it. I've been using that for like six months. At some point, it'll uh, it'll break or I guess it's like 
the stitching is coming apart on one side. But I mean, mm. I paid like 12 euros for it. It's like a no brand thing and okay. it's fine. Um, I'm open to suggestions. Uh, I really like this this one because it's super compact. It can store three cards in the metallic structure, and then you can place two more in an outer, uh, like in a, in a different pocket uh, of the of the wallet when you fold it open. It's got like this little section for two more cards, and you can even store uh, some cash in it. Uh, it's, it's got like a smaller compartment where you can fit like a couple of bills or something like that. It's very nice. It's very compact, and then you can fold it close, and it's got this button at the bottom that you push. It and it pops out the cards that you want to pick up, like your credit card, for example. I like it, but uh, I've been wondering about this AirTag compatibility thing. Like, it would be nice to have because I, I am extremely paranoid about losing my wallet. I'm one of those people like constantly double checking my pockets if I have still my wallet on me and my car keys on me. So, if anyone has a recommendation for something that is compact, not too expensive because I really don't want to spend like $200 on a wallet. I understand why lots of people do. Uh, I don't particularly mm -hmm. care. Uh, mm -hmm. It's more the utility of it. If there's a, a way for me to have something compact that lets me store four cards, some cash, and an air tag, send uh, a link my way, maybe. You know, would you be so kind to send me a link? Yeah. That'd be nice. Yeah, that'd be cool. But to answer your question, Mike, no, I'm not using that. Maxi wallet. Federico, you have launched Apple Frames 3.0, which is your yes. massive shortcut where people can take screenshots and embed them in Apple devices. So I can take a screenshot of my iPhone and then run it through the shortcut and it has like the iPhone border around it. Um, tell us a little bit about how this works and then, you know, why why 3.0 is uh is here yeah so um you may remember i launched version 2.0 last year and that also was a major update to apple frames based on a new structure and that version worked well i would say for the for the past year actually maybe more like 15 months or something all the problems started when i began working on adding support for the iPhone 14 Pro family and the, the new multiple display resolution modes. If you recall, that version of Apple Frames was based on a single JSON file that contained a lot of Base64. You know, Base64, you know, one of the recurring in-jokes of this program uh, is a technique that lets you turn files... Uh, like images, into plain text. Uh, it does that by using its whole algorithm that encodes uh, a, a file into a bunch of uh, random text that is incredibly long, like hundreds of thousands of characters long. And when you deal with those kinds of strings of text that are incredibly long, plain text can get surprisingly large um, to give you some context, I was dealing with a 45, 46 megabyte plain text file, which if you know plain text, you know that 46 megabyte for a plain text file is wild. BB Edit was the only app I could use to open that file. 
And even BB Edit was like not super snappy at navigating that file. But it got to a point where all the solutions that I was using before, like the excellent JSON app by Simon Storing, it just couldn't open the file anymore. As soon as I added the iPhone 14 Pro and the Pro Max frames, like it, 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 JSON was crashing on launch every single time I opened the file. So for like a month, I struggled to get this to work. Just because I, 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 got, I reached the point where even I couldn't debug the file and the shortcut anymore. And even I, so th and that was the worst part, I couldn't get the frames out of the file anymore because I couldn't open the file and I couldn't copy the text. <laughs> and every time I opened it, it would crash. So like, it was like all my work was prisoner of base 64. It was like, I, how can I do this? So it took, it took me like a week to scroll manually with BB Edit all the sections of the base 64 and manually copy the bits in between the double quotes and as you can imagine, like sc scrolling a single frame took me like 20 minutes. And I, it, it was, <laughs> I wasted so much time. But basically, eventually, I was able to take, my, to take all the data out of the JSON file. And I realized, you know, this is impossible. I know that I redid this shortcut last year. Uh, but if I want to make this easier for me to maintain... And to add more stuff in the future, I need to stop using Base64. Like, plain text is not the way to go with this anymore. I need to use actual PNG image files stored somewhere in the file system. So Apple Frames 3 has a brand new structure. Uh, when you download it, it installs a folder for you. It, well, first it downloads a zip archive from Mac Stories. Uh, it takes care of uh, unzipping that uh, archive, and it just installs a folder in iCloud Drive shortcuts uh, called Frames that contains all the things that the shortcut needs, all the images and all the coordinates and all the other information that are required. Um, and that, like, as soon as I figured out that structure, that opened a whole new world of possibilities for me because it's now so much easier for me to add new devices to Apple Frames. I don't have to deal with encoding and decoding anymore. I can just uh, take the PNG that Sylvia prepares for me, drop it into a folder, and add the coordinates for pasting the screenshots on top of the frame in a, in a text file that is super lightweight. To prove my point, I'm already working on version 3.1 of Apple Frames that will bring back compatibility with the 13-inch MacBook Pro, uh, which I removed a while back. I got a bunch of requests from people and surprisingly, uh, I got like five different people asking me about this already. The iPhone 8 Plus, don't ask me why, uh, I got a bunch of requests and I figured, you know, now that I have this simple structure that makes it so easy to add new stuff, why not? So. Uh, I'm already working on version 3.1. And uh, yeah, so there, there was a technically, like from the behind the scenes point of view, there was a lesson to be learned there about, you know, Base64 can be useful, but don't overdo it. And I definitely overdid it. 
for a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, initially, the shortcut was storing the base64 inside the shortcut itself. Uh, and then it became an external file, but even that was not uh, good enough for me. Brief aside, shortcuts should really offer you the ability to store assets inside a shortcut that you want to share with other people. This is one of the things that, uh, Stephen, I'm sure you know about this, Automator has offered this functionality for decades, I want to yeah, say. Forever. If you, have, <laughs> if, you have, if you have resources that you need to store in an Automator workflow, like, hey, users need this PDF document or they, you, they need this PNG, uh, you can store that. You can store those resources inside the workflow that you share with people. Automator has this, shortcuts does not. And so I, I had to do this thing where like I'm hosting the assets on my CDN mm -hmm. and the shortcut has to download those and install those for people in iCloud Drive. I mean, it, it, none of this is ideal for people. But <laughs> Or your hosting bill, probably. To talk about the new stuff, uh, full support for the Dynamic Island, iPhone 14 Pro and Pro Max in both orientations. Uh, M2 MacBook Air. Mike was kind enough to lend his screenshot taking skills to the cause. Uh, I was able to add support for the M2 MacBook Air because of mm -hmm. uh, the kind help of Mike sending me screenshots. What else? Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I figured while I was at it, uh, you know, I added support for um, default and more space resolutions, both on iPadOS 16 and on macOS, so all the Mac models supported by Apple Frames, uh, you can now frame those screenshots, uh, whether you use default resolution or more space resolution. I forgot where... Oh, there's a new action. Uh, you have this new quick save uh, to Finder or Files. So if you want to save, like, I don't know, five screenshots in a, in a, you know, with a single command without having to rename each of them, which was the case before. Now you can just press the quick save button and you, you're going to save all of those framed images all at once. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, oh, and Apple Watch Ultra. Apple Watch Ultra as well. But I'm already working on version 3.1 of Apple Frames. And uh, I mean, I'm pretty much done. As I mentioned, I'm going to restore support for the 13-inch MacBook Pro, bring back the iPhone 8 Plus. But I also had this idea for this new feature, again, this new foundation of Apple Frames make it, makes it so much easier for me to add stuff. And one of the, one of the first things I want to add is this feature that I called Input Macros. The idea being that you can use Apple Frames manually, like you always have, right? You, can, you just uh, run it manually from the shortcuts app, from the home screen, as a widget, whatever. Um, and, and it'll continue working. But I figured out a system to trigger Apple Frames in different ways. I will release this uh, utility shortcuts that let you trigger Apple Frames in, uh, in different modes, I guess. For example, one of them is run Apple Frames, but in just get the image that I have in the clipboard and frame that. Mm. Like, yeah. don't let me pick images. Just get the one from the clipboard. That'd be sweet. There's another mode that is just uh, f immediately frame the latest screenshot I took. 
Yes. Mm -hmm. There's another mode where you can pass a number and say, frame the most recent seven screenshots I took. Like you could, and I, I figured out the system to to give it to basically pass an instruction to Apple Frames, and it will skip the image picking process, and it'll just do its thing for you based on the command that you sent. I have a request, a feature request. So yeah, I'm uh, to to be able to have a bunch of I don't, maybe it does this. I don't know to be able to say like take these three and put them in frames and put them in one, say, horizontal image. That's already the case. It could do that already? Cool, I'm going to redo a screenshot that I need. Thank you. Yeah, so if you pick three iPhone screenshots... It would I... give you them all in one image? Yeah, only one. I, I never tried that. I just never I never thought that it could do it. I never tried. Yeah, yeah, it do does it that. Thank you. It does that. What it doesn't do, what some people are uh, have been asking is like, um, can you properly align... Um, screenshots from different devices. And unfortunately, there's nothing I can do there. So if you try, for example, right now, uh, you combine... You, so let's say you pick an Apple Watch screenshot and an iPhone screenshot. Apple Frames will frame them and it will combine them in a single image. But ideally, you would want the Apple Watch to be aligned with the bottom edge of the iPhone, right? If you were to put together like a, a nice image mm -hmm. for your website. You would want to have uh, the Apple Watch aligned with the bottom edge of the phone. Right now, it doesn't. Apple Frames doesn't do that. It just puts Apple Frames, uh, puts the Apple Watch at the very top <laughs> and uh, the iPhone next to it. And that's because it doesn't have, Apple Frames at the moment doesn't have idea any idea of proportions between different devices. Which is something that I've been thinking about how to solve. Like, is there any way for me to add logic in the image uh, compositing process um, to say, I understand that you're trying to frame an iPhone and an Apple Watch. Let me make sure that when they end up together, they have the correct proportions and alignment. But I haven't figured that out yet. Otherwise, like right now, for example, you end up with the absurd scenario in which if you frame an iPhone and an iPad, like the iPhone is taller than the iPad, <laughs> right? Like that kind of stuff. You, you're not going to notice this if you just uh, frame screenshots from the same device. Right. But the moment you mix and match, the composite image looks weird. And that's always been the case. But that's because I still need to figure out that logic. And... I, hopefully that will happen at some point. But yeah, uh, 3.1 should be coming out soon with uh, more legacy devices and this new macro system for uh, running Apple Frames in a bunch of different ways. And uh, I'm excited about that. But otherwise, you know, people are really into this shortcut and I'm uh, happy to continue working this. You know, it's been, uh, it's, what, three, four years at this point and uh, it's, it's always fun. This episode of Connected is also made possible by Indeed. Hiring well means getting past preconceived ideas and recognizing top talent. How do you do it? Well, you need Indeed, the hiring platform where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. 
Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. If you hate waiting, Indeed's U.S. data shows that over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. And screenings and assessments are really great. Indeed helps star applicants shine before the interview with over 135 graded assessment tests they can take for everything from cooking to coding. So join more than the 3 million businesses worldwide that are using Indeed to hire great talent fast. Indeed knows that when you're growing your business, you have to make every dollar count. That's why with Indeed, you only pay for quality applications that match your must-have job requirements. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Visit indeed.com connected to start hiring now. That's I-N-D-E-E-D. Indeed.com connected. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to Indeed for their support of the show and Relay FM. I feel like we've got to talk about Twitter. The news changes. The news has changed multiple times since we started the document. In fact, the stuff in the show notes is now completely wrong. Um, so I propose we talk sort of more about how we feel <laughs> more than like the news. I think it's really hard to keep that up to date as quickly as things are moving. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's been a uh, drama-filled week and a half since Elon Musk t- took over Twitter, uh, laid off almost half the staff last week, uh, which is just a wave of a bunch of layoffs happening in tech. I saw today that uh, Meta let go 11,000 people, roughly 13% of their workforce. So a lot of layoffs in the tech sector right now. Uh, that's obviously really hard and frustrating to watch because a bunch of those people did great work for a long time. And they're just uh, let go overnight. But mm-hmm. Twitter's undergoing a lot of changes, right? It's, it is now a privately held company by Elon Musk and his holdings company. Uh, a lot of debt is associated with that. It was a $44 billion deal, deal, and he has to pay that back. The interest alone is is substantial. And Twitter was not making money. If, if Elon's word is to be believed, something like $4 million a day in losses when he took over. And it's important to remember, I think, that Twitter is not a big platform. It, it is big if you're in the tech world or if you're in professional athletics or if you're in like news and politics. But the couple hundred million active users it has is a drop in the bucket compared to Meta, uh, which is like 10 times the size. And so while I think we often talk about Twitter in terms of equal footing with Facebook and Instagram and other social platforms, it's really not very big. It's extremely influential for its size. I mean, turn on any newscast in America and some something that someone said on Twitter will be in that newscast because, again, like news, sports, tech, these are some areas that really revolve around Twitter. But out in the broader world, the user base is much smaller than some of the other things. And so it means that uh, the people, I think, I think on the whole, people on Twitter care more about Twitter than people on Facebook care about Facebook as a as like on the company level, which makes all of this much more exciting. Like there's so much talk on Twitter, especially at the moment, but it kind of has always been just about Twitter, like mm-hmm. just in general. It's not really a thing that I see as prevalent on other like social media networks. Like it just feels like people on Twitter like Twitter. Um 
in general. I don't really know what to what to. I don't really know what to. I wanted to, I wanted to talk about this today. Like mm-hmm. I think I I was the one who asked the two of you like, can we talk about? Yeah, it? you drug us into this a little bit. <laughs> We're just fine. We're just fine. And and I don't really know where to go with it as such. Right? Like, I think that you know this it, is obviously very complicated, and Elon is a very problematic individual, and is bringing a lot of that energy just to Twitter in general now. I am on the side of the idea that Twitter should be a private company. Like, I actually think that that is better for Twitter right now. But I think it very much remains to be seen if the guy that owns it is the right person to own it. Um, I think so far, the answer feels pretty much no, right? That, like, it is absolute chaos, it feels like, at the moment. Mm -hmm. Right? So, like, as we're recording today, they... Uh, like, because there's been this whole thing about like people paying for verification, right? It's part of Twitter Blue, and then they were like, "Well, we're also going to put in this system where no- very notable individuals will get a secondary tag, which is added to their account. So, like, whether they pay or not, it will be noted, like government officials or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, and then this came into effect today, where a bunch of people got official added to their Twitter account, which was a gray word official with like a gray outline of a verification. Yeah. <laughs> but it was also added to like a bunch of celebrities, tons of YouTubers got it. Mm-hmm. And then within hours, it was taken away again and then re-clarified that it's only going to be given to companies. And like, it's just like absolute chaos. It feels like, like no one is making definitive decisions and things are leaving Twitter before anyone seems to have fully agreed on them. Because, like, just a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago, these absolutely wild uh, app release notes came out talking about, like, fighting the bots and power to the people, like, in the App Store release notes, which I read on platform and were written directly by Jason Calacanis. And I was like, oh, okay, then. <laughs> I understand. Uh, and so they, they kind of, they just, like, that came out, but like Twitter Blue is not even ready for this stuff. Um, like it feels like it feels like they're a startup again, but like they shouldn't be. Like it shouldn't feel like this. It shouldn't have this kind of energy to it because it is this established thing. Really, the reason I wanted to talk about this of like this is all preamble to just I just want to know how the two of you feel about being on Twitter right now, like how it makes you feel what you would or if you would consider something else instead. Like, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. I love Twitter. I've always loved Twitter. Um, I owe a lot of uh, the things I know and the people I know to Twitter. I think it, it, I always, I've always felt like Twitter was the social network made for me and people like me. And I've always felt like it was the social network that best represented my interests, uh, the way I like to communicate publicly, it's the place where I can find interesting things, funny things, engage with list- with listeners, with readers, in a way that Facebook doesn't let me do that, YouTube doesn't let me do that, Instagram doesn't let me do that, and Twitter is perfect for me. But right now, I feel like I I I feel sad and worried. And at times just in awe of the 
sheer stupidity of many decisions that are being taken right now. Mm -hmm. Amongst all of them, the worst one is this idea of giving verification to everybody without verifying their identity, but just by letting them letting them pay for it. Mm-hmm. Not, and I'm not saying that because I'm one of those people saying, no, no, I'm verified. Verification should be exclusive for an <laughs> exclusive club. It's not about that. It's about the signal that you're sending and about the, you know, verification was important because you could verify the identity of an individual and say, yes, this person is who they claim to be. But right now, and I'm going to get political, and I'm sorry, but I think I, to understand the consequences of this, I think it's helpful to speak in practical terms with practical examples. Mark Gorman, we all know Mark, just posted a tweet showing how there is no moderation when it comes to, quote-unquote, verifying people now if they just sign up for Twitter Blue, which launched again as we were recording the show at $8 a month. Oh, they did it again. They've done it. They've launched it again. Great. Congratulations, everyone. It's, it's now live. By the end of this episode, they probably will pull it, I would expect. It's now live again. It launched a few minutes ago. And like I was saying, nobody is verifying anyone anymore, right? It's just a you pay, you get a blue check mark. And so right now, according to this tweet by Mark Gurman, user called Mindfuhrer is verified on Twitter. Awesome. Mindfuhrer with a blue check mark next to it. This is not like theoretical. This is like a, a real user right now you can go in and open their profile so you know uh, someone who pretends to be hitler or is named after hitler can be verified on twitter right now by just paying eight dollars a month and we knew this was going to happen right because they musk said uh power to the people uh give us eight dollars and you can be verified but it's not about being verified is it it's just about paying eight dollars mm-hmm. you're just paying a subscription so the, the reason i'm concerned is that you're getting all the benefits of verification by just signing up for a subscription and and, and i gotta ask why that's uh, it's so stupid the company itself has realized oh well but what are we gonna do for the organizations and the celebrities that we want to make sure are verified are who they claim to be well i guess we're gonna need another check mark so in a, in a span of a week you went back to the original problem and you realized that the solution to that problem was what you thought was the problem in the first place. Good job. You just invented another check mark. But right now, in the meantime, user Mindfuhrer can sign up for Twitter Blue, get a blue check mark, and what are the benefits called again? Uh, because they have a new splash screen saying rocket to the top of your rep- to the top of replies and search results. Well, they're just gonna wait. They're like, this is like the other thing of like, it's it's basically turning Twitter into like pay for play like yeah. sure that 
that you now have to give money or have to be in a case where you can give money to to be able to see like for your tweets to be seen because they're making if you subscribe to Twitter Blue or you are verified or whatever there's always been a verified tab but it was the third tab so you had all activity mentions and verified and so you could go to verified and see what other verified people were saying to you they're now making verified it seems like the first tab so most people will just see notifications from verified users if they are verified if you want to have this like paid system of doing all this stuff like i suppose do it but like why make it part of the 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 verified system which is like i had to submit my identification yep. to be verified like i was i don't remember it was a long time ago and i had to send twitter a scan of my passport to prove who i was Same here. and i had to answer a yep. bunch of questions right this is what you had to do and like that should be what this is and if you can't do that anymore get rid of it for everyone right I, whatever but like if if you're ver if you're saying someone is verified it means you have verified them and like they're saying oh a credit card will do it i'm pretty sure that person's name and, is uh, not mine Führer, right <laughs> like i feel pretty confident pretty sure. that that's yeah. probably not their legal name if it is like i guess fine i suppose like egg on my face but i'm assuming it probably isn't and mm -hmm. so it there doesn't there isn't verification the verification is like you have a credit card right but it doesn't say anything right and i just it's just all just like this this is like a, a perfect example of like i just have like much more increased like anxiety on twitter at the moment than i have which is already pretty high when I'm there, to yep. be honest. But I'm addicted, right? Like, this is the issue. Um, and I, I mean, I saw someone, I think it was, um, oh, i got to find this tweet because it was, this it, This actually is like a, a good bordering between the two things that I'm feeling right now. Um, I think it was from, uh, is it Chris Sacker? Jason sent it to me. I'm just going through Slack to find this now. Uh, it, was, it was super good of like explaining the situation. And the, yeah, it was Chris Sacker. To those questioning if I'm going to Mastodon, that's like asking if I'm going to quit a pack of day camel's habit to start rolling my own clove cigarettes. Like the rest of you, I just need to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. It's like it, that like encapsulates both things of like, I go to Twitter and I'm going there more right now than I have done in a while because I'm addicted to it and I also just can't help but not see what's happening. But if I decide to quit, like I'm done. Like I'm not gonna go spin up a Mastodon server. Like yeah. this is if if I leave, which I think my timeline of of if like it's an if timeline, but like my if timeline of will I stop using Twitter is speeding up now, <laughs> like an accelerating mm -hmm. rate. I feel like like if I'm ever going to quit, I think that that time is coming faster than it would have without Elon in charge, because it's just it's so. It just feels so bad right now. And everyone's just mm -hmm. even more mad than they were before. And it's like a new mad about Twitter, which is on top of all of the other mad, which is already on Twitter all the time, right? People just yeah. being mad about things. I'm, I just, I don't enjoy being there right now. It feels like chaos, but not good chaos. Yeah, if I'm going to leave, I'm, it's just like I'm done with it. So I wonder what you two think about that. I think my is when, not if. I have, over the last year or so, just been much more aware of my usage of it and 
like you feel pretty addicted to it, to be honest. And for me, it's about the direction of the platform just as much as about like what I want personally for me. Right. And I think overall, there's there's not a scenario that I can imagine where it ends well for Twitter. It, it either slowly becomes less relevant and just hangs on forever, like Flickr or Tumblr or one of those other services that we all used to use all the time and now we don't even think about it anymore. Or it sinks into some sort of like 4chan level of hell that without moderation and uh, without a lot of people who make the community what it is now. One of the best things about Twitter, at least in the Apple community and the technology community, is that I can see and talk to a lot of people who have a lot of different thoughts and feelings and points of view on things. And that's fantastic. And our little corner of it feels pretty good most of the time. But at the same time, it feels like the the shadows are creeping in around the edges already. And, you know, I don't remember who said this. It was on a podcast I listened to. It may have been someone in relay. It may not have been. But um, the genius, one of the geniuses of Twitter. Oh, it was on um, Offline, which is a Pod Save America podcast. John Favreau had Neelai Patel on, on this weekend's episode. And I think, they, I think it was on that show they were talking about. Kind of the brilliance of Twitter is that you just type into a box and like everyone's thoughts and feelings are kind of on the same level, right? It's different from YouTube where if you're shooting a video on like your iPhone 4S versus MKBHD shooting in like 8K, like there's real quality differences. So Twitter in a way is like the great equalizer in terms of social media platforms. Yes. But for all the good that brings, and it brings a lot of good. Like, I do not want to undersell, like, the good, and frankly, uh, the good that Twitter's done, and frankly, the, what the three of us have benefited from Twitter, because all three of us have benefited from it, uh, professionally and, and personally, hugely. That's all fantastic, but I, I'm not willing to stick around and watch it burn if it crosses some sort of threshold I'm unwilling to cross. And I don't know what that is. You know, I've taken a big step back, but it's, uh, it, it is so complicated. I mean, even in talking about it now, I feel like I'm talking in circles because I don't, I don't really know what I feel about it. I don't know what I think about mm-hmm. it other than it hurts. And yeah. it, it hurts to see a place that on its best days promised equal footing for all voices and Twitter wasn't perfect at that, right? There, I mean, under previous administrations of Twitter, like abuse and harassment and people chased off the platform, like it's been a, a bad place for a long time. But on its best days, you could see what it could be. And Elon and all the people he's brought in do not care about that, right? No. They have a big problem on their hands at the financials. They saw the blue check mark as something people wanted. And I think Musk hates the press. If you look at the way he operates his other yep. country, other companies, he doesn't like the press. Tesla famously doesn't have a PR department. Uh, SpaceX doesn't really either, although it's a little bit different. They're not really a consumer company. It's It, it fits in with, okay, we need money. People want to like take down the liberal blue check people, and it fits in with his sort of view of the world. And I, I was talking to Casey about this 
hope he doesn't mind. This is something I said in our conversation, so I feel like I can share it. This is fundamentally different than Elon Musk's other companies, right? Like Tesla and SpaceX and the Boring Company and everything else. Like they've all done, well, not the Boring Company. SpaceX and Tesla have both done amazing things. There are amazing people who work there. I know people at both at both companies who are doing their best work of their lives in that structure. Those companies don't affect tens of millions of people based on what Elon Musk thinks about the world, mm-hmm. right? Elon's like libertarian stance on things, which is like just what he believes, right? I disagree with it. That's fine. But it doesn't really affect how the Model S turns out. It doesn't really affect SpaceX's ability to do amazing things with their rockets. But with Twitter, like you, I mean, in Eli's Welcome to Hell Elon piece, which we'll link in the show notes, uh, he was like, you know, the the thing that these companies make is content moderation. That's their product. Musk has no experience in that. And it seems like he's allergic to it in a lot of ways. And that's at odds with what he says he's going to do for advertisers. And so I think as confused as we feel about it and as conflicted as we feel about it, that reflects what's happening with Twitter itself, where it seems like a company that's in complete disarray and no one knows really what's happening. And like, I mean, uh, Esther, I forget her last name, but she's the one who's been tweeting a lot about like the new verification system. She works for Twitter still. And like Elon's just going around basically undoing everything she's doing in public. Like that has to feel terrible. And Esther Crawford. Yes. Thank you. It just, uh, it's a mess. And what I fear is like the, the, you know, the idea of like Twitter being a city on a hill where like everyone's voice can be heard and you can learn from people with different points of view and different backgrounds. Like as hard as that was to see in the past, and I did think we had glimpses of it on the old Twitter, I am afraid that that is gone, that the people who I need to listen to more in my life because they have points of view that are different from me and I can um, grow as a person being exposed to them a lot of those folks aren't going to stick around because Twitter's not a safe place for them anymore. And that, at the end of the day, I think is what bums me out the most. Like, I'll just say, as like a verified white dude on Twitter, like, I'm probably not going to feel a lot of like personal pain on Twitter beyond what I put myself through. But there are so many people on Twitter whose voices um, other people think shouldn't be there and they're going to be run off and that makes the platform worse and that means it's a place I don't want to be. Like all, all, everything that you said, Stephen, like 100%, I agree with that. Um, and I would add that for me, it'll, it's also a matter of kind of company are you supporting by participating in it and by effectively yes. giving your free content. Or paying for company. it outright. Or, your or money. paying for yeah. it. Yeah. Like apps, I can tell you right now, I am not going to pay $8 to stay verified. In good conscience conscience right now as it stands i'm not gonna shell out eight dollars to the guy who posts uh, a meme uh, with a nazi soldier i am not gonna you know give my eight dollars to the company that allows users user mind fear to ver- verify i'm sorry but that's a pretty that's a pretty hard and clear line you know, mm. for me, like, you know, uh, being okay with posting uh, Nazi symbols and imagery and or having, you know, usernames, like, n- that's a big nope from me. And I'm sure that, you know, fellow uh, 
Italians and Germans. I, I'm sure that, you know, this is a topic that is especially close to our countries for mm. obvious historical reasons. I mean, mm. we, we literally have laws both in Italy and in Germany to ban imagery and symbols yeah. and that type of stuff. <laughs> Which and seeing that on Twitter with a blue check mark next to it, you know, it it hurts and it sucks, and I don't want to participate in that. And, and if it hurts you, think about how much it hurts somebody who who has a more personal connection to those historic events, right? And like exactly, like I, nothing happened to me. Mm -hmm. because of those historical events imagine people and communities and and you know folks who are and continue to be still affected yeah. by that line of political thinking and that's the thing for me ultimately that's the thing for me the idea that we should welcome all opinions under this uh, utopian you know banner of free speech that's where I draw the line because for me there are some things that are not free speech they are violence and I, I, I cannot as a person justify things and opinions and ideas and symbols and whatever like that are wrong as no it's just someone else's opinion no it's wrong and illegal i would say in some countries so that's where i draw the line if this continues well obviously i'm not gonna and then it's also quite i don't want to just you know i don't want to pay eight dollars to the richest white man in the world to be hey i'm cool too you know like yeah. no no and if this company allows for this kind of users and symbols and photos to continue spreading I don't want to participate in that. Yeah, absolutely. And I do think we're going to get to a point where that very thing becomes a litmus test, uh, at least in our community. And uh, I mean, it's uh, something that I thought of when you were talking, like these images and symbols of hatred that our society can't seem to scrub itself of. Like that's the, as bad as that is, it's just one category and one example. Exactly. Just one of them. If you have a verified account or an, or an account that Elon or one of his, uh, one of his boys retweets that is against people of color or against trans people, like those folks should be safe on a platform like Twitter. And again, Twitter before this was not perfect or even good at this, right? Like, don't hear what I'm not saying. But it is even worse when the guy who owns, wholly owns the company is proliferating it, right? So yes. you yep. say you have a moderation issue, right? Because like, moderation at this scale is a very complicated thing, which takes huge person power to make work. And no system is perfect, right? Yes. But when the but dude you, who bought yeah. it yeah. <laughs> swims in those waters, yep. it sets the tone. Yep. yep. And That's, when you look yep. at a company that just went under, again, massive layoffs, and the... The teams that were gutted were things like ethical AI research and the safety team and like a, a bunch of teams that are really vital to this service remaining safe for people to be on. Uh, you got to wonder what the future holds. And, and, and I don't see any sign that this new leadership gives a crap about these serious moderation issues, right? He says it's going to be a free speech haven while also saying it's going to be good for advertisers. 
advertisers mm-hmm. don't want to be Good associated with, with any of this either, <laughs> right? It's, yep. I mean, look, YouTube has struggled with this, right? YouTube has struggled on and off the year over the years with having advertising paired with extreme content or radicalized content. And then a bunch of advertisers freak out and they have to rework their algorithms and their rules. And like, uh, I think someone, I think, again, someone else said this, I've consumed way too much media over the last week about this, but it's like Elon and team are speed running, yeah. running a network, right? Like you saw YouTube and even Tumblr, like Tumblr went through this, uh, Flickr went through this, like figuring out what's okay and not okay on your platform. He's doing it in public. He's doing it at a breathtaking speed. And he's doing it with something that was already up and running. I mean, Mike, you mentioned at the top of this that it feels like they're a startup again. They are too big and too influential for that to be the case for very long. I was willing to give them the benefit of the doubt on some things for a little while as they get their feet under them. But it's become increasingly clear to me that I don't think it's going to get to a place where I'm comfortable staying. And, And like that sucks like there are so many people that i know including the two of you that some of our first interactions were on twitter and i like that serendipity that ability to meet somebody and talk to somebody like a lot of that's been gone from twitter for a while now at least for us our lives changed yeah like, I, I, I expect that there are a lot of people that still do have that exact same thing that we all had 15 years ago, but, like, our just lives changed over that time period. But that's going to to disappear, right? Because the, the conversation, the question you started asking us, like, two hours ago, Mike, was, like, where do we go from here? I'm with you. Like, I, I have a Mastodon account. I'm not interested in using no. it. I did it to hold my name. And yeah. I mean, I, I think I set one up like yeah. when it started, I haven't bothered to look. Yeah, I looked at mine the other day. I started in like 2018 and it has one yeah. post on it and that, that's all it'll be. Um, I I could see myself in the not too distant future not being on social media at all, which is really weird to think about because on on the professional, so like on the personal level, I'm already there, right? Like I don't post like on Instagram anything about my family I actually went through my history and like took down pictures of my kids and that sort of thing. Like I turned Instagram into a professional thing and then I took it off my phone. I haven't looked at it in a while. I've done the same thing on Twitter uh, where I'm basically just using it, using it in a professional context. And I know you and Jason spoke about this on upgrade plus about how he still really values that as a professional. Mm -hmm. And I do too, because that's where our audience is. Like most of the stuff in feedback or follow up on this, on this very podcast you're listening to comes from Twitter it doesn't come from the email address. I wish it would, but it comes from Twitter. And so there is part of this that part of the conflict is, well, I may not like it personally, but that's where the audience is. And I need to be able to uh, interact and like see what people think about the shows and like, inter- you know, answer questions and like be available to people. And I want to continue to do that, right? It's one reason I love our Discord so much. But having having said that like at some point the balance is going to shift and that's not going to be enough it may hurt me professionally it may make people think of my projects less often right it may mean that i don't sell as many calendars next year or whatever but i have to be okay with that if i feel like this is not a thing i want to be a part of anymore and that's tough it's hard to know i don't think that it's a concern for us anymore like more people pay attention to the three of us 
via our non-social media things. Yeah. Right? And I would say maybe it's a little more complicated for the two of you because I know that, like, writing, you know, like, I know Twitter drives a lot of traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it say does. for our podcasts, though, right? Like, our audiences are our audiences. I don't think Twitter grows that audience for us. I don't, I don't think we see significant, pe- like, amounts of new traffic because we post our episodes, you know? Like... I mean, and I know this to be the case because I can see that our audience numbers stay mostly the same. And, like, maybe it means we're never going to get those, like, bubbling up moments, right? But, like, I don't know really, one, how much they happen, and two, how important they are. Like, I think this is a very different thing for me than for you two for that reason of, like, what do we publish, right? Mm -hmm. And everything that I make is audio or is a physical product which i'll talk about on one of my audio shows like social media is really bad for promoting podcasts in general and so like from a professional perspective it isn't as important for me anymore for like getting out to my audience of people Mm -hmm. and i mean the one of the reasons i know this is like i barely tweet anymore this has been me for a long time it wasn't a conscious decision i just kind of stopped tweeting and really now all i ever tend to do is share things that i'm working on but i don't think it really drives much of anything for me now yeah and and like i and really the majority of my tweets they're just replies to people that are asking me things Mm -hmm. i would miss that when you said that Stephen. i hadn't realized that yes the majority of the the feedback and follow-up that I get from listeners comes from Twitter and I don't want more email. So like that would start to be a thing that would become difficult for me. Like I think I would maybe set up like a form or something, right? Mm -hmm. Like go fill out a Google form. If you've got some follow up, like if I was to leave, right. Um, Or like questions, follow up, that kind of stuff, because I, that would be the main thing that that I would miss. Yeah. It's, it's, tough right and it's tough because it has become the personal and professional uh while you were talking i was i was sitting thinking about uh the fact that i left facebook 2014 or 15 it's a long time ago and i was conflicted about that because it's like well i got a bunch of friends on here and this is how i keep up with like what's going on in their lives right like oh we're having a baby or we're moving or whatever and what I've learned in the years since then is that I still keep up with people I want to keep up with, right? It's it's the core group of people that I really care about. What I've realized is that it has solidified like the relationships I want to keep up with. And I think the same would be true for Twitter. Like I could still read who I want to read. I still listen to who I want to listen to. It's not like a bunch of people are going to be Thanos out of my life because I quit looking at Twitter. Just I got to find different ways to keep up with who I really want to. I think that's why so many people are like clamoring for what is next. Like, Oh, let's go. I'll go over here. I don't think any system, any social media platform is perfect. And I don't think Mastodon really solves many of the problems that Twitter has. Like I know it's federated or like whatever, and that's cool technically. But at the end of the day, if you put a bunch of human beings on a service, you have to have moderation because people do and say bad things. And so I just I just don't know if anything can replace it. And I'm coming becoming more and more comfortable with thinking that that's actually okay, that we don't actually need something to replace it. Yes, it's sad. Yes, it is frustrating. But at the same time, like the world isn't going to stop spinning because 
a social network like Twitter goes away. And listener, you might, right? You might need something. And that's perfectly okay, right? I just want to say, you know, like, we just have for us, I think we can we can live without it. I mean, Federico, I don't know if you've mentioned, but, like, you know, if you out there feel like you need Mastodon, like, please go ahead. Like, I encourage you. Right. Or micro.blog or, like, this, I mean, there's other things, right? And I think what we're running, what we're going to be in is like everyone is on a handful of slacks and discords and you have like weird overlapping social circles. You know, I think we should also go back to blogging like Federica and I talked about last week. But yep. it's, um, yeah, I think for me at the end of the day, like I will be sad, but fine leaving it behind. Yeah, if that happens, you know... Um We'll just uh, we'll leave the trolls and all those people on Twitter, and uh, maybe it's gonna get be weird for a while as we split up. Maybe you know some of us are gonna say I'm not gonna be on social media at all. Some of us are gonna be split into like these private communities like Slacks and Discords, for example. Um, I think at some point, if if Twitter goes badly as it seems to be going as of right now. I think at some point there will be a new thing that is not Mastodon. And I mean, I love open source projects. I tweeted about my uh, Mastodon username just as a backup. I'm not using it. I never posted creating an account in 2018 and I still don't understand it. And that's the main problem with it. Like, and yes, you can, you, you know, you're going to send me a video about what federation means, what the fediverse is. <laughs> if you are under the uh, illusion that my mom is going to sign up for a Mastodon instance, <laughs> I mean, come on, seriously. Like, this is a, like, the, the, it really feels like the Linux version of social media for people like us. And even people like us, like I struggle to understand it. So this is not going to be it. But I believe, I fundamentally believe that something like Twitter needs to exist and will exist again. But it's going to be strange for a while because these things, you know, unless you want to, you know, you said. If uh, watching Elon and and, and his uh, sycophants run Twitter feels like watching a speed running a social network, to me like it feels more than speed running at the moment. It feels like improv. Oh they are yeah. Just, they are they are improvising. Everything feels improvised. Like ooh, I don't know, blue check mark. Yeah, go for it. Like ooh, the official one. Maybe. Oh no no no, pull it. You know, we're going to do it later. Uh, release notes? Yeah, write them like that. Ooh, but no, they are bad. Like, everything feels like it's been improvised, like on the spot. And it shouldn't be like that. Like, it's, you know, it's... Anyway, um, I think I think it's going to be strange for a while. Yeah, I think a bunch of people in our community... Uh, and Twitter is made of all these communities. Like, that's why for years we've been saying things like Apple Twitter or video game Twitter or, you know, Pokemon Twitter. Like, Twitter is... it's By and large, Twitter is all of its sub-communities. 
-hmm. and they happen organically and they're not structured like subreddits can be structured on Reddit, right? Where you have clear sub communities. It's more organic and chaotic, which has always been the fun aspect of Twitter, you know, to dip in and out of different, you know, uh, social spheres, I guess. Something like it needs to exist, but it won't for a while because if an alternative comes out, you know, most people, thankfully, most uh, business people are not like Elon, just uh, throwing 44 billions at something he wanted to buy out of spite, I guess. Uh, you know, usually business people think about their investments and the companies they want to run, and it takes time to strategize, to come up with a plan. So if a Twitter alternative comes out, it'll be a while because it's not something you can improvise. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. So I don't know where that all ends or even where we ended up. We, we, you, I think we, the thing is, I think we don't know. We don't, we it's just impossible fe- to keep track of it. It's impossible to know, but I think we all feel a certain way. And that feeling should be our North Star right now. Like at some point, you got to ask yourself if this, thing's, if this thing makes you feel bad. Or gross. Are you sure you want to continue using it? We can't know how it's going to go. But just uh, let's keep checking in on our feelings about this. And I think a decision will just happen organically. I think it will just happen naturally. In our community and in other communities. If things go a certain direction, I think we'll just know. If and when it's time to leave. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about this week, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 423. There you can become a member of Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. This week, Federico asked the unaskable question about macOS and said something about mail.app. So leave it at that. And he bought an application. He bought an app on the App Store. It was wild. He acquired an app. He acquired an app. I am working on my review as we speak. Good. First item does not work as Mike and Steven told me it would. (laughs) On that webpage, there's also an email link. You can send us feedback or follow up there. Uh, We love to hear what you think about the show. You can find us all online. Federico is the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. Go check out Apple Frames. It's so good. I, I I enjoyed when you do it, all like the Apple journalist people we know. Like, yes, finally, he's updated it. Like, so many people use this. It's really great. Uh, and it makes everything look way more professional than just having a floating screenshot in your story or in your tweet or whatever. Yeah, I'm going to use them for my state of the app screenshots. That's, Ooh. What, I, that's what I wanted it for, Federico. Ooh. So they're going to look much nicer this time. So thank you. It's good. You can find uh, Mike on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. You just mentioned State of the Apps. That's an upcoming mm-hmm. Cortex episode, I suppose, towards the mm-hmm. end of the year. So mm-hmm. some point soon in the future. I'm recording it tomorrow. So. Recording it tomorrow is what oh, I've heard, nice. is what I've been told. Yeah, so, so it's going to be pretty soon. I always know days you record Cortex because I can't get a hold of you. <laughs> like, answer me five hours later. Yep. Uh, you can find me online. I write at 512pixels.net, and I'm the co-host of Mac Power Users here on Relay FM. Go check that show out. Uh, a big thank you to our members for their direct support of the show and the network. Uh, again, if you're not a member, go check that out. If you are a member, 
uh, go check out the Discord. It's a fantastic community of a bunch of people who uh, care about te- than Twitter. technology. It's better than Twitter. It's way better and cheaper. There are rules. They're enforced. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's great. Imagine. It's fantastic. I'd like to thank our sponsors for this episode. They are Capital One and Indeed. And until next time, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.